This is Solutions Oriented, the show where we help young people get their shit together by solving some of their most common problems. Today, in episode 4, we're going to talk about feedback. I'm your host, Mark, and today we're going to dive into how do you give feedback, how do you receive feedback, and why is feedback so important? Feedback is such a big topic in the context of personal development, of personal growth, of career development and growth, so I decided to make an episode just about that. I've met plenty of people in the last couple of years that have a really hard time giving feedback or receiving feedback in any capacity. Either they struggle accepting feedback, they're afraid of negativity or they're afraid of being told hurtful things, or they they, they see a misalignment between the feedback they're receiving and the actual work they feel they produced. That's very common. So someone believes they should be getting pats in the back, but then their boss gets mad at them because it wasn't good enough. And then they feel, oh, my boss is a perfectionist. I shouldn't be listening to their feedback. All the way to giving feedback. How do you give feedback to your peers, to the people you're leading, if you're leading any? Or more importantly, how do you give feedback to someone that's above you? How do you give feedback to a boss, to a client, to a team leader? So I'll try and touch on all of those things in this episode. I'm also going to try and keep this episode a little bit shorter. I'll try and keep this to less than 20 minutes for once. Um, Let's try and keep it condensed. So quick background. I used to be terrible at giving feedback. Mainly my ego used to be really big and it used to convince me that I was the best at what I was doing and therefore I should not be listening to the people around me. Obviously that's very narrow-minded and that's a very shallow way of looking at things and I quickly realized that the best leaders, the best people in business, the best speakers or whatever, they were all great at feedback, therefore I should be too. I also realized that I would never actually be as good as I thought I was if I didn't learn how to give and how to receive feedback properly. I also used to get very emotional about feedback. I used to be very afraid of the opinions of the people around me in the context of my work. But the, re- the way I overcame this is, well, I guess kind of funny, but uh, I realized that I was my own worst critic. Nobody was going to be as hard on me as I already was on myself, especially in the context of working on something that I love or that I enjoy doing. Nobody was going to be... Uh, more critical of my performance, of my approach, of my results than me. I was always very self-aware of of those things. And I realized that, hey, no matter how bad I do, no matter how hard I fuck up, and no matter how angry someone might get at me and then yell at me and give me the worst possible feedback I could look for, I could ever receive, um, I would already be aware of those faults and I would have already told the worst things to myself. So when you realize that and you you realize that, hey, I'm pretty critical of myself, I'm quite self-aware of my own performance and my own actions, then you'll realize that nobody's really going to give you any worse feedback than yourself. doesn't work for everyone, but it works for me. Um, if that doesn't work for you, you can find other ways to accept that feedback is important. I guess do some research, but it's probably one of the most critical skills for successful people to be able to do. Because the, the ability to take in feedback and improve as a result thereof and to give it out to the people around you is going to elevate the level of everyone in an organization or in a team or in a company to the next level. So quick definition of feedback in the context of what I'm going to talk about. It's the reactions to a person's performance of a task used as basis for improvement. Now, there are other definitions of feedback. There's obviously a scientific definition in terms of audio, in terms of uh, signals, which is fine. But in this context, we're going to focus on performance of a task. This could be at work. This could be at home, whatever. 
used as a basis for improvement. So if you want to get good at anything in life, feedback is important. It's essential to your profession, professional, sorry, uh, to your professional and to your personal growth. And the earlier you master it, the better. Any good leader out there understands the value of positive feedback and negative feedback. So if you want to make it, regardless of whatever industry you're in, what profession you're working on or what country you live in, you need to master the art and the science of feedback. Let's go through my general notes on feedback. Number one, always try to give and receive feedback in private. Giving feedback in private allows you and the person you're giving feedback to to process it appropriately and to ask questions that may be sensitive. The same goes for when you receive it in private. There might be a follow-up that you have or you might be asking questions that could implicate other people and or offend other people even. Um, and uh, maybe you want to... Maybe you're going to blame someone else, right? Maybe you're getting feedback from a boss about a failure that, you know, he believes you were in charge of or that she believes you were in charge of. And then you tell them, well, it's actually another person's fault, right? Of course, I'm not telling you to, to deflect blame or to shift blame onto other people. But if that's going to be, it's going to be that kind of discussion, I recommend it being in private. Of course, there are going to be some instances where receiving feedback is also good in public. If you're at a workshop for public speaking, then of course you want feedback from the whole audience. So having it open where everyone can, can contribute and uh, build off of someone else's feedback, that's great. But generally, if it's going to be sensitive in nature, if, it, if it's going to be heavier, then I recommend having feedback privately. Number two, timing is very, very important. Don't deliver feedback in the middle of an emotional episode. Of course, again, this depends on the scenario, but I'm referring to the kind of feedback you might receive about your work, about yourself, about your performance. Uh, when you're gathering feedback in the context of a product, you, of course, you want to capture raw emotion. But in the context of people, in the context of your work and your performance, you are not going to want to be very emotional at the time of getting the feedback. You want to be able to analyze it. You want to be able to process it. And you not you don't want your emotions clouding your judgment. So if your boss wants to give you feedback right after you make a huge mistake or you just had a, just went through some rough shit or whatever, right? Tell them, let's wait, let's do this tomorrow. Let's set a meeting over lunch or whatever and you can give me the feedback then. Same goes for you. You have to be conscious of the timing. You don't want to risk, you don't want to deliver feedback to a teammate of yours or a team member of yours who is currently super stressed out in the middle of three, four different projects and they're like on their last rope and all they want is to survive the week so they can rest on the weekend. Probably a bad time to deliver feedback. Um, that's why I said timing is so important. Obviously, don't overthink it. Don't try to look through the calendar and anticipate when are they going to be the most emotionally stable. That's just putting it off for too long. But try and be cautious and try to be conscious of the right time to deliver feedback to the people around you. And uh, the third part this is probably the most important for my general notes here. Always have feedback in writing, but try to deliver it in person as much as you can. If you're receiving feedback, take notes. If you're giving feedback, summarize the points in an email and send it over to whoever you're giving feedback to. I wish I had started doing this earlier in my work, but having things in writing makes it easier for you to refer to in the future, but also allows you to track your own development. And then you can take those notes and you can look at them in the in the future, like six months from now. You open all of your your feedback notes from uh, from that time period and you can see, hey, I've really improved on these following points. And I just remembered I have to do something about these other points I didn't do anything about. 
You can also take those notes and you can share them with others and then get their perspectives. You can you can write down the notes and then tell your teammate, hey, uh, our boss told me that I tend to be late all the time. Is that true? I haven't noticed. And then your teammate can think, hey, actually, I think, yeah, you tend to be quite late. Like every time we have a meeting, you might be 10 minutes late. And then you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize. My boss said it's that's the case and my teammates just you know confirmed that uh, that assessment of me. I need to do something about it. On the other hand, if you doubt someone's feedback about you, this is also a great way to to confirm it or to you know challenge it. If someone says you should have done more of this and that, and then you ask three other people and they all disagree, then you now have more higher quality feedback that you can work with instead. So that's why uh, I always recommend writing things down. If someone's gonna give you feedback, you can also ask them if you know in advance it's gonna be about feedback. You can also ask them to write you a summary and send it to you. Not everyone will, many people don't. So when it's a feedback session, have a notebook handy. Or if you're comfortable doing so, use your phone to record it and then play it back to you in real time later and take notes from there. So next I wanna dive a little deeper into receiving feedback specifically. First of all, you have to understand that feedback and receiving feedback is all about the mindset that you use when you receive feedback. I've mentioned several times now that feedback is the best thing to use, the best information you're gonna ever get to improve yourself and to develop yourself with. But be aware that you can get feedback about many different things in the context of your job or your life. This could be feedback about your performance, feedback about your personal growth, feedback about your attitude at work, feedback about your professionalism, or even more specific soft skills and hard skills. For instance, you could ask for feedback about your PowerPoint presentations, and then you can also ask feedback for your public speaking skills. Those two will go hand in hand, but they are you know, they're two different skills. So be very conscious of the kind of feedback you're curating and you're getting. Feedback tends to be very broad, so you should very actively monitor the sources and the types of feedback you're getting. For instance, some companies, I guess the policy only is, or the habits of the managers make it so that only feedback, the only kind of feedback that's given out is in context of performance or in the context of KPIs or numerical goals or whatever. Fair enough, makes sense in some cases, but what millennials, so what you normally want is you want feedback on more than, more than that. You want feedback on your on your growth, on the expectations, on your personal relationships. So make sure that you're aware of the types of feedback you're getting. And if you're only getting one type of feedback, it's time to look for more. You should also be very, uh, very actively or very active in terms of monitoring the sources you're getting feedback from. This could be your superiors, your peers, your mentors, your friends. Those are all different sources of feedback, but it. I recommend having a varied level of feedback. So for instance, you could be getting, if you're working in a team, you can feedback from your teammates and your boss and then see how they overlap and how they connect. You can get feedback from the people that you lead if you're in such a position and then compare that to, uh, to the feedback of the people that are in the same team as you or the same level as you and see how that stacks up. You might notice some interesting trends there or some interesting observations, or you might notice a, com a complete like disconnect from the people below you and above you in terms of how they perceive your performance. And that can then act as a catalyst for you to actively change your approach. I also recommend being a very intentional in who you receive feedback from. I generally don't recommend family or super close friends of yours as a sources of primary feedback because they tend to, in my observations, they tend to not give you the whole truth, often because they don't want to hurt your feelings. 
or if they know that you tend to be emotional about feedback or that the feedback tends to get to you negatively, then they might just shrug things off or not tell you what they're actually thinking. And that's more damaging than anything else. So some feedback is going to hurt. Some feedback is supposed to hurt. And that's part of the growing pains of improvement in any context. Like uh, I got some negative feedback before on projects I worked on, but if I hadn't received that negative feedback, I would have never been able to get a, a great output. I, I vividly remember this in one of my first internship roles. Uh, I was on a I was working on a project alone, and after my first two weeks at the at the role, I was showing my boss my output for the project, and he just tore me to shreds. Now that wasn't a great way to deliver feedback to me, but because he tore me to shreds, I got so angry and so determined to prove to him that no fuck you, I know exactly how to make this a great project, and I know exactly how to make this work. I went back and I, I spent another two weeks like angrily working on this project. So when I showed him the next report, right, he had nothing to say. He just like silently accepted it and said, wow, cool, good. And I was like, oh, that smug satisfaction in me. I was like, yeah, you have nothing bad to say. Fuck you, right? So um, take, that with, take that however you may, but be intentional with who you receive feedback from. Because feedback is going to hurt in some cases, but sometimes it has to hurt. Sometimes the pain, the emotions, the a bit of trauma, I guess, are some of the best uh, ways to grow and they often trigger the determination in you to do something better or to do a lifestyle change if needed. What should I do if I don't actively receive feedback from anyone? Now, this is a good one. Um, ask for it. Seek it. Seek it out specifically. If you want to grow, you need the feedback. If no one around you is willing to give you feedback, evaluate. Why won't they give you feedback? Now, if there's nothing to give you feedback on, then fair enough. Then wait a while longer until there is something to give you feedback on. Or be more specific in what you're asking for feedback for. In some cases, your job description might be very bland and very cut and dry. And there's just, you know, your job is just the same repetitive thing over and over. And there is maybe nothing to seriously give you feedback on. Uh, fair enough. Then maybe it's time to look for more responsibility or look for a better job or look for feedback more, specific, more specifically to your attitude, to your professionalism, to your teamwork, whatever. But if you evaluate the situation and you realize they just don't care enough to give you feedback or it's not a priority for them to take a half an hour out of their schedule to communicate that with you, um, then I'd recommend looking for a better better job or better boss or better environment to work in because you'll never be able to grow without feedback. And let's say you're at a role and you're there for four years and you never receive feedback. You will never have an indicator of whether you're good enough to even get into a better job or to change companies. So you know, keeping an eye on that is very important. And being adamant with it. Someone says, oh, sorry, I'm busy this week. I can't give you feedback. How about next week? Make sure you follow up with them and that you get that feedback the next week. If, uh, if you find people around you refusing to give you feedback, that's a massive red flag you have to be aware of. So to wrap up the part about receiving feedback, as mentioned, take notes, read those notes, turn those notes into different action points to improve on, compare your feedback from different sources and check if there's any trends. If there are overlaps in feedback, then there's probably something that you've done that's been noticeable, whether it's good or bad. What's important at the end is that you do something about it. So make sure you write those notes down, you keep those safe and you always compare feedback and you actively seek to receive feedback in an effort to improve yourself and to 
and make yourself a more attractive employee or candidate or anything else that you want to achieve in life. So let's talk about giving feedback. I used to be terrible at giving feedback, specifically giving positive feedback. My career was largely built on solving problems and I was always in a state of perpetual motion where I'd be fixing one problem and I would start on the next one ASAP. I used to feel really wrong for patting people on the back and giving them positive feedback as if to say, hey, congrats, you did your job. Whoa. Uh, I felt like that was a bad thing. It didn't feel genuine to me and I always felt like you should only be giving positive feedback when someone was really outstanding. Like when they crushed the expectations and they went well above what was expected and they really killed it and did something amazing. That's when you're like, hey, fuck yeah, good job, man. Great, great stuff. Keep it up. Now, this took me years to overcome. It took me a long time to understand that people need a kind of small positive boost from time to time. Even if these things seem trivial to, trivial to you or they're not really mission critical, but telling someone that they're doing well and to keep it up and to keep going the way they are, uh, that can go a really long way in terms of maintaining motivation of the people around you. And it was actually my girlfriend that taught me this because she was really good at positive reinforcement and I'm really bad at it. But uh, just telling people that, hey, keep it up. I'm happy with what you're doing. That can go a massive, massive way. But uh, yeah, let's dive into giving feedback. So as mentioned, I used to be terrible at it. Um, and that's me. Let me give you some insight on what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. I want to start by saying that one of the most popular tactics in giving feedback is the sandwich. So you'll give one good part of feedback, then you'll give one bad part of feedback, and then you give another good part of feedback. So I have to soften the blow. Doing this is the single worst and dumbest way that I can think of to give feedback. If you are doing this, if you're doing the feedback, the shit sandwich or whatever, um, you gotta stop. Like, there is no easy way to say this, but you are being, you're basically trying to soften up a hard piece of feedback. And you're doing it in the most cowardly way possible because you care more about the person's feelings than their growth. And that takes a lot of time and I guess a bit of effort to accept. But by using the sandwiching technique, you are not giving proper feedback. So I believe one of the key parts in delivering good feedback that the, the shit sandwich, for instance, doesn't cover at all is empathy. You have to understand the person you are delivering feedback to. What kind of feedback do they respond well to? What works in terms of getting them to improve? And what kind of feedback do they need? Do you think they need more structured, actionable feedback? Do they need more feedback on them as a person? Maybe in maybe sometimes they don't actually need a feedback session. They need you to sit down with them and understand what's happening in their lives. So it's more of a like root cause analysis for their problems. But here's my general approach. So at Out of Group, we like to use a three-part feedback system, which is quite common, I guess, in startup companies or maybe in design thinking uh workshops or whatever which is i like i wish and what if so i like is quite obvious that's the positive stuff stuff that you believe went well and that you want to continue or that you want someone to continue doing i wish is more of the negative it's more of the uh, well i wish something was better i wish you had done more of this or less of that um that's where all the bad stuff goes and then the what if that what if is more like a a hypothetical way or a actionable way of trying to give someone uh, action points to do with their feedback. What if you tried that? What if you did this? 
Um, I use a variation of this. I don't use it in this way. I, I just keep it in two parts. So I will tend to start with the good feedback. I tend to start by getting people what I liked and why. I won't just tell someone I liked your output on project X. I'll tell them I liked your pro output on project X because it was concise, because it was on time and because it met all the objectives. So be specific in why you liked something. So they know what to, what to continue doing for you to continue liking something. Um, I start with a good feedback because it helps them get a bit of confidence and it shows them that not everything is terrible. There's good stuff here. So that prepares them for uh, the negative feedback. I'm not trying to soften the blow of negative feedback. I'm trying to boost their confidence so they can deal with the negative feedback easier. Um, so we start with good feedback. We go into specifics of why it was good. And then I try to be actionable in things they can do to be even better in the good parts. So it was concise, it was on time, it met all the objectives. Uh, I think you could really knock it out of the park by another level if you added the following three things to the project. Easy, done. Of course, giving negative feedback is a little bit more difficult, but I try to follow the exact same structure. Regardless of whether I'm talking to my boss, I'm talking to my teammates, I'm talking to other colleagues, I'm talking to a client, I always try and follow the structure, but then adjust it depending on the situation where we're doing it in. Of course, if I'm gonna talk to a client, I'm not gonna talk about my feelings. But if this is like a more personal thing, I'll talk more about my feelings. So this is the approach I'll take, a mirror of the positive feedback. First, what was bad? And then why was it bad? So if the bad thing is that a person is always late, I'll say, you're always late. That's a negative. The reason it's a negative is because it makes me feel like you don't give a shit about my time. And every time we do this, I lose a good 10 minutes of my day or 20 or 30 minutes. And this adds up. Like on average, I wait for you a whole hour every week because you're always late to our meetings. Or, you know, like show them why, uh, why you have such a problem with uh, a tendency like, like being late. It also allows them to get insight into you. It shows what you care about. It shows how you feel and what your thought process is. And this will allow them to hopefully improve quicker and better and well, not really please you more, but piss you off less. You see what I mean? And that's, that's the approach I try to take. And then the next part will be suggestions for actions. Now, it's really not really difficult, but you need to be conscious here to not sound like a dick when you do this. So if you tell them, I'm angry because you're always late, it makes me feel like you don't give a shit about my time, and it always wastes up to an hour of my week when I try to wait for you, uh, don't tell them to buy an alarm clock. I'm sure they've thought of stuff like that. So maybe a little, a little bit more empathy is important here. So maybe ask them, in this specific part of the feedback, what do you think we can do? Or how about we move our meeting to a different time of the day so you don't have to rush to it? Or maybe the solution is for them to text you and tell you, I'm gonna be 10 minutes late, uh, don't go to the coffee shop or whatever early, all right? So you can adjust to them as well if needed. But that's always a structure I try to follow. Say very bluntly, what's the problem? Tell them why this is a problem for you. How does this make you feel? And what's your thought process in, in identifying this problem? And then three, offer realistic suggestions. If you don't have any suggestions, then come up with them with whoever you're giving feedback to on the spot. Offer some ideas. 
because it'll make them feel like they're not in this alone. It'll make them feel like you want to help and you want them to improve and you're willing to also figure it out together with them. That's, in my opinion, th this works for me, this feedback system, right? The good, the bad, dive deep into each, dive into the feelings behind each, the motivations behind each, and always try to offer suggestions. When you try to offer suggestions for improvement, like actual action steps and actual maybe deliverables or outputs, those will not make it feel like a personal attack. You have to understand that everyone will be capable of taking feedback objectively, not everyone will be able to absorb this and you know go about their day merrily. Some people will find, oh my god, Mark just gave me such negative feedback. I'm so fucking upset. I'm 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 sad. I thought I was doing well, and now I got all this bad feedback. Right? Some people will take this as an attack. They'll be emotional. They might cry about it, and that's fine. But I found that there's a lot less of that if you offer help, you offer suggestions for improvement, you offer actionable steps. And if you're a real baller, like if you're a real top-level boss and you're a good leader, then you will also track their implementation of those steps. Like you'll message them a week after and say, hey, how's that you know, solution XYZ to your time problem going? Have you been on time more? Have you been late more? What have you observed? Right? And uh, this is how I recommend you give feedback in anything. And this can be really scary when you have to give feedback to someone superior to you. If you have a boss and the boss, for whatever reason, is asking for feedback and you're in a, sp in a, you're in a space where you have to give them feedback, it might be difficult to say these things. But if you prepare and if you write these things down and you formulate your thoughts appropriately and you take those steps where you suggest, suggest action steps and explain to them why you feel that way, uh, you will have a way stronger position to argue from. And that's normally valuable and it'll make you seem not like a pushover. And it'll, it'll actually show that you put some thought into this and you put some effort into this. Now, of course, if you're giving your boss negative feedback, they can get defensive and they can tell you that you're wrong because they're the boss and you're the employee. Fine. But if you notice that every time you have great ideas or you have great feedback or important feedback and someone above you reacts like a fucking child every time, then that tells you a lot about them as people and as leaders. And it might be a red flag for you to see and be like, shit, time to get out of here and time to find someone that's more mature and can take feedback in a constructive way. So yeah, that's episode four. These are my tips on how to receive feedback and how to give feedback and what's worked for me. Um, in the light of this, since this is an episode about feedback, I would love some feedback on the podcast. If you have suggestions for topics, if you have comments, if you want to chip in and tell me, yo, what is happening in, in your life in terms of feedback, what's been working for you, what hasn't been working for you. Maybe you're a big advocate of the shit sandwich, the, the good, bad, good approach. Uh, feel free to tell me. I'd love to talk about it and I, you know, I'd love to make more content around it. So... Um, yeah, I'm actually going to do very minimal audio editing on this file. So if you give me some feedback on the audio too, that would be awesome. All I'm going to do is remove my aircon noise and the rest leave it as is. Um, sorry for this episode being late. I was meant to record this uh, at an earlier time, but I had some shit happen in my personal life. So I had to take care of that first. But uh, we're back to regular scheduling, I hope, which is normally Monday, Tuesday, every episode. And uh, yeah, that was Solutions Oriented Episode 4, Feedback. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Mark out. See you next week.